0: Albert Einstein said education is not the learning of facts, but rather the training of the mind to think. And now your host, Rajdeep Singh, who is on a mission to challenge and change the education system.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Real World Education podcast. It's an honor to have you all here, listening to this episode. Your support truly means a lot and if you get any value out of it, please consider sharing this with your loved ones and subscribing. Furthermore, we love your feedback, so do get in touch with us regarding any improvements you want on the show or if you want us to talk about something specific. Today we are chatting with Simon Ryecraft. Simon is the author of the book, Negotiation Hacks, Expert Tactics to Get What You Want. Now, without further ado, let's begin the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Simon Ryecraft. Simon, it's lovely to have you on the show.
0: Yes, yeah, I am. Uh, Good to uh, to speak with you. Thank you.
1: It's a pleasure as well. So I was uh, researching about you and I read the book Negotiation Hacks. And it's an interesting read and it gets right to the point. But before we get into all of that, I'd like to know about, you know, your personal and professional journey and how it sort of led to you becoming an authority on the subject of negotiation.
0: Um, yeah, good good question. I don't think um, anyone falls into um, certain aspects of, uh, of expertise uh, on purpose, to be honest. Um, but uh, negotiations uh, as, as a general topic has been an area of, of passion and practice for me. Um, for well over 20 years, um, started my career, um, back in England, um, working in, uh, in supply chain management, uh, moved into, uh, into consulting and MNA integration, uh, moved to the U S uh, just over 13 years ago, um, and, uh, you know, worked on pretty much everything from personal salary negotiations, as most people do, uh, through to, uh, you know, hundred plus million dollar, um, corporate deals. Um, a little bit kind of beyond just the the practice and the working uh, working side in negotiations it's been an area that i've i've studied from uh, undergrad to masters to mba and beyond um, and uh, you know in a topic that uh, I see is ever evolving um, and an area that uh, you know i'm continuing to expand my own knowledge um, but uh, you know I think it's a fascinating uh, topic um, and something I love chatting about so I appreciate your time.
1: You know, you're spot on. Negotiation as a subject is ever evolving. And no matter how long you've been at it, there's always more to learn because the result of a successful negotiation, it sort of depends on your abilities uh, to understand the other individual, which is always very challenging. And also there there are so many components that go into the process that, you know, you can learn throughout your life and still, you know, keep learning.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more.
1: So you know you've had an amazing journey as you just mentioned and I want to know whether you have any negotiation heroes that have uh, made an impact on you personally.
0: Um, The heroes have have evolved over time I'll be honest Um, you know people that I've worked with uh, in my career um, people that um, have inspired me um, people that have challenged me as well people I've negotiated with directly who I've learned from um, you know when I've failed as well as had uh, had successes. Um I think two people that that stand out for me currently, um, that uh you know have the uh good fortune of of, of knowing as well um directly, um one would be Gary Nosner, um you know prior chief of the FBI Crisis Negotiation Unit, um and uh just a fantastic resource. Um uh, his philosophy and negotiations aligns very closely with mine. And the importance of, uh, of empathy, um, some of the tactics that he talks about that he's used over his career um, have, um, you know, furthered my, my interest um, areas that I've seen successes from as well. Um, and I think more broadly in the, in the business world, um, Timothy Draper, um, you know, not, not well known for the topic of negotiations, but um, in the venture capital and the investment world, um, you know, uh, a powerhouse himself, um, and he's uh, you know he's seeded and funded um, some very important um, organizations in the past um, so his negotiations uh, that I've um, I've learned from are ones that, uh, that provide a very different different insight ones that aren't as common in just the normal corporate world so I would put the two of them up there as people that uh, you know I followed very closely in the last few years and I uh, continue to uh, to learn from as well. So, no, good, good question, thank
1: you. That's amazing. There's uh, one thing that really stands out for me from everything you just mentioned, and that is having sort of an empathetic mindset, even in negotiation, because, you know, negotiation often carries a negative uh, connotation in which one party wins and the other loses. However, you know, I believe if negotiation is done right, it can lead to a win-win, or as close to a win-win as possible.
0: Yeah, th- completely agree, and I think um, yeah, the 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 power of that understanding um, and the acknowledgement of that understanding is uh, is one that drives you to dig deeper, um, drives you to think about what the other party wants. Um, you know what are what are the things that are influencing why they're even there in the first place, um, what they need to get um and uh taking that um more collaborative approach um i think is critical to ask those types of questions and asking those types of questions and navigating your approach based on based on what you learn ultimately leads to uh to more successful outcome not not all negotiations do finish in a win-win um and even if they do um people's own perception of whether they really want anything um can be somewhat Um, somewhat disguised by the fact that they didn't get um, their original negotiation goal. Um, But, uh, you know, I think uh, key learning that I've had is that um, negotiation isn't a one-off instance. Um, Even if you don't negotiate with that person again, um, you know, there's reputations that come from other people that they may know, um, uh, you know, who uh, who would hear of how you treated them in a negotiation. Um, and ultimately, it isn't always just about winning the best physical deal. Um, so I think those are all kind of important concepts that, that overlap. And 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 the more that you do, the more you practice it, the more that you start to realize that that is that is true. You know, there are connections that people have you aren't even aware of. People that I bump into fifteen years later who talk about a connection that I made, you know, back in the UK. Um uh, and uh, it's a much smaller world than I think people appreciate. So that kind of that win-win approach um, true. is true. So important.
1: always be mindful of how you sort of ending up, uh, you know, treating people in negotiations, as you don't know with whom they are associated with, and uh, that's very valuable advice. Uh, there's one thing I wanted to ask, uh, and that is, you know, negotiation is often sort of associated with uh, formal events such as a a hostage or salary negotiation. Uh, But I think what we sort of need to realize is that we begin negotiating from the moment, you know, we start speaking. Uh, So, you know, as people say, kids are often the best negotiators. Uh, Now, you know, I personally believe that negotiation can be sort of applied both in formal and informal situations. Uh, so what I want to ask you is that what is your personal definition of uh, negotiation and the hacks that, you know, that are in your book, can they be applied in both formal and informal situations?
0: Okay. Um, yeah, my, my, my definition, again, is, is my own viewpoint of how I characterize negotiations. It's uh, by no definition the same as other people's, but um, I personally look at negotiation as a formal discussion um rather than informal so formal discussion between two or more people trying to reach an agreement Um, and and what that excludes is general basic trades or or bartering right so you know things that you're trying to exchange um you know with friends um you know small um bartering um uh, discussions in my mind um albeit Smaller, many forms of negotiations aren't what I characterize as, you know, as a negotiation. So the the hats uh, in my book and, and ones that I follow personally, um, those are tactics to use in a formal negotiation setting, right? So in a in a corporate environment, um, specifically for the you know for the for the audience, um, for my book and who I've targeted this to, uh, it's, uh, it's corporate situations. So you know, it could be startup. Founders or CFOs of small, medium-sized businesses trying to fundraise um, or partner with large corporations to do partnership deals, corporate development teams, investment banking teams working on MA um, activity and transactions, sales leaders, right, trying to improve their conversion rates, um, selling selling pretty much anything, training attorneys, small businesses trying to do negotiations with with critical suppliers. Um, so those that's the audience that I'm targeting with uh, with these hacks. Um, so it is a corporate, corporate setting, corporate use, um, but uh, you know, but a formal um, interpretation of the uh, of, of the term.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you know, this is just a perfect fit for the demographic that you're sort of going after because you know, if you're a business exec, you know, he she might not have the time to read a book that's three four hundred pages. Uh, I reckon you know they would be more inclined towards a book that's uh, filled with uh, practical knowledge uh, that can be applied almost instantly. As you mentioned, reading this book would only take one hour front to back. So I think that's very valuable and powerful uh, to have such a book in your repertoire.
0: Correct. Yeah. I mean, could could you use some of the tactics in personal negotiations? Absolutely. Um, but the intent is a um, you know is a succinct. Uh, yet concise, full um, list of uh, of hacks that you could use to improve a, a corporate setting negotiation in, in a more formal environment. That's that was the intent, um, and that, to be honest with you, is is uh, you know is more appropriate based on based on my experiences and kind of what I wanted to pull in. Use research um, to back up the uh, the principles, um, but lay it out in a setting that someone could um, could get through very quickly and then revisit later, um, but in a corporate, you know, at work, office, or now webcam over Zoom type environment.
1: True, you know, that that makes sense. Uh, So, you know, in your book, you sort of mention uh, six uh, very important negotiation hacks, and I'd like to discuss a couple without giving too much away, of course, uh, from the book. Uh, But sort of before we get into that, I'm sure the audience would like to know, you know, how does this particular book uh, differ from all the other resources that are available on the topic of negotiation
0: okay um, that's probably the, uh, the the single most common question that I get asked.' Um, it's, it's ironic I think it is due just to um, you know the importance of this topic um, uh, how broad it is uh, especially in the um, you know in the in the book world um, there's a lot of uh, recent releases. It's cyclical. I think every five years there's, uh, there's another five to eight books that come out on this topic. So, so it's a great point. Um, and I've read pretty much every single one of them um, and, and did that before um, I started working on this one so that it wasn't a repeat. Um, and that it would be, be a quicker study and a quicker read and of more use to people in a corporate setting than some of the other ones, ones out there on purpose that was intentional. Um, so I kind of put the, the books in this realm into three buckets. One, one is the ex FBI agents or the, or the police officers, right? You've got Dr. Andy Young, um, obviously, uh, uh, one of my heroes, right. And Gary Nosner, uh, Chris Voss has done, uh, fantastically well. Um, I think his book from a storytelling perspective is, is one of the best out there. Um, it's much more exciting than my book is, I will be honest because uh, it's very uh, it's very uh, story based and some of the you know the hostage based situations that he's able to refer to that he was personally involved in the same with Gary, um, those are things that uh, you just can't go back and talk about. Um, I've not been in those situations and I can't refer to them. and there are some good learnings you get from those situations um you know in the fight or flight setup um that are applicable to corporate settings but there are others that are that are less so um, and, and often a little bit difficult to kind of interpret how can i use this in my daily life especially in the corporate side or a corporate setup um, the other the other realm is that academic publications right there's a lot of professors in this space um uh, examples are kind of getting getting to yes by um Roger fisher or getting getting more my Stuart diamond um, uh, you know, and there's others in this space, especially in, in, in the Wharton Group um, and, uh, and obviously the Harvard uh, Negotiation Project, um, all fantastic books. Um, a lot of them are based on key principles and frameworks that they've personally developed, um, and a lot of the case studies are based on you know experiences uh, from students, right? So how did the students apply the techniques they learn in class into their everyday life to negotiating a better deal on a sofa or getting a better flight? flight discount, right. And things like that. So so again, those things, um, not ones that I would refer to, um, you know, not specific on a different framework. Uh, they tend to be longer books as well. Um, and then you have the business executives that now and then, you know, throw out a a book, um, like, uh, Donald Trump's art of the deal, right. That provide kind of a lot of personal experience based teachings that are less academic, less research based, and definitely not hostage related. Um, so I kind of take, uh, my personal experiences, but as well as experiences, people that I've worked with, um, and then a lot of academic research as well to kind of back up the principles and the findings, which you won't find in some of the other books. Um, and then I translate those into practical and, uh, somewhat succinct insights, right? That anyone can read. I mean, the book takes just over an hour from beginning when, um, there's a summary at the end of each chapter. Um, and uh you know in a white note space at the end of each chapter as well for you to take notes and and uh, revisit certain sections. you can use this as a prep tool going into negotiation um uh you know to uh to kind of uh clean up your thinking um you know jump out of a session when you know, someone's thrown a question at you or taken a different direction than you anticipated uh, to quickly think about other things that you could do in the chess game to get back um you know back on track so. Uh, that's that's really the key difference that I see and, and the purpose for the, for the structure as well.
1: Absolutely. You know, when we are involved in negotiation, we often think being a good communicator will sort of determine the end result. But as per my research, uh, you know, body language plays a key role, which is also your sort of hack number one, which is uh, mastering and controlling your nonverbal communication techniques. So I want to discuss how we can sort of use this hack. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, but body language is, is something I've only really um, uh, researched extensively in the last, uh, say, the last five five years. Um, and uh, there's difficulty that comes in the interpretation. Um, a lot of the principles out there, a lot of the research that can be done, needs to be taken with a with a pinch of salt. Um, you know, there are there are cultural differences. Um, there are things that may drive people to um, uh to display certain uh, body language right um that could be different person to person uh, it's very uh situation specific um i kind of joke about this um when i'm training uh, on this topic as well um you know people talk about the importance of um identifying when someone crosses their arms right um someone crosses their legs uh someone leans forward onto a desk um, I've done all of those moves and I've, I've had all of those positions in the past, purely because I have an uncomfortable chair, right? It's not necessarily what I'm thinking about, um, you know, the alignment to my messaging. So my, my, probably my biggest learning and, 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 you know, teaching, uh, in this area is, um, you know, look, look for, look for key traits, look for, um, triggers Um, uh, but don't necessarily read into it too much, right? I mean, there are kind of questions that you can ask that help validate uh, what you're interpreting um, in in body language. And and you can also cause distraction. Um, It's less appropriate in in the world of Zoom and Skype and Teams or whatever platform you're using nowadays, um, right? Until you're back into that uh, face-to-face environment. Uh, It's difficult over email, a lot of people negotiate over email, over the phone. Um, so you know, it, it's not something that's going to be a, a make or break. Um, but it, there are there are certain tells and signs um, that uh, that may push you in the direction to say, you know, is there something I'm not learning? Is this person nervous when they should be confident? Is the messaging that they're relaying to me verbally different from their? body language. Right. Um, you know, what, what can, what can I, what insights can I drive from that? So I think, um, you know, there's the, the research that's extremely interesting to me is, is less, less body language, but more about just kind of broader nonverbal communication techniques. Um, so ones that might apply in, you know, to, to people that might be listening here, um, on a zoom call or a, or a Skype call, right, would be eye contact or, paralinguistics right so um eye contact's quite key um uh, but you know with people getting used to these video conferences knowing where to look you know do you stare at the person's face on the screen do you look at where the camera is right if you've got a bird flying past the window that catches the corner of your eye right and distracts you is that really you looking up to the left and indicating that you're lying or is that you just seeing a bird um right but you know i think so so where the research points us to is gives us general indications to keep an eye eye out for and i think the more and more that you practice the more negotiations you do um you know the more you uh start to see patterns um uh, and when you learn that the interpretation you have of someone's body language was either correct or incorrect then you gain a bit more confidence in um you know picking up on those those signs the next time so um one person that i you know that uh, i have followed for a long time um uh, is a professor called albert uh, mirabian um he's a professor emeritus of psychology at UCLA um his book um silent messages implicit communication of emotions and attitudes um is some of the early thinking around how do we interpret um uh, self manipulation right someone touching their face whether people lot, nod or just gest- gesture less if they lean forward less, they use less eye contact. Um, paralinguistics, right, which is um, the uh, the study of of uh, how people are talking rather than what they're saying. So, are they talking less? Talking more slowly? Um, you know, are they talking too fast? Are they using varied tones and things like that? Those those can be interpreted as signs of um, of deceit. Um, uh, and then there are other um, uh kind of neuroscientists or neuropsychologists that have done studies into um the appropriateness of eye contact eye contact i don't know about you i'd be interested to get your thoughts but eye contact is one thing that i'm terrible at um so i I either do too much of it or too little um and you know the general guide is a three second rule and there's study studies behind this and there's, there's one that i list in the book um so i try to do that i try to do the three second rule sometimes I go too far other times I forget about the three second rule and I've been staring off into the distance for a good five minutes while while talking so um so you know just in summary a lot of things that can be uh, insightful uh, that I mentioned in the book that are worth keeping an eye out for um you know there are people um uh, Amy Cuddy is a professor at uh, at Harvard um you know that that's done TED talks and and has a whole book on this um joe navarro as well another fbi um practitioner um who has a book purely just on body language um so there's a lot of interpretations that you can go into an extreme amount of depth on um, but my general hack is um you know th- list out i list out things to look out for um, but the you know the, the summary is um <laughs> test test with questions um and, and asking other people um in the negotiation um, before you reach any conclusions based on uh, a body language related trait that, uh, that you've noticed, um, you know, don't look into it in too much depth because it could actually push you in the wrong direction.
1: True, as you mentioned, you know, all this is uh, subjective. Someone uh, could be looking at a bird to their left, but if you're giving too much importance to nonverbal cues, you could end up uh, coming to the conclusion that the other party is lying, but that, ni- uh, that might not be the case ladies and gentlemen that's it for part a of this episode tune in this friday to listen to part b where we continue our discussion with simon and talk about two extremely important negotiation hacks so until then take care and be safe